Hey guys, what's up? Uh, I'm talking before the music. I know, it's weird. Last time that happened, someone died. Happy to say no one's dead this time. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you that this is our first two-part episode because we got my dad and Tim in the same room and it just couldn't be contained in one episode. So uh, we're going to put up part one this week, part two next week. Uh, this is a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Tim... Tim is the best storyteller in the world, and my dad's hilarious, so it's a great episode, and uh, let's get into it. What key are we in, G? Yeah. Track for a minute, but um, that was that story where we were out playing Army, and we loved to play Army with him, and he... He would always like use some colorful language compared to us because if we just said like you know shoot or shut up we got beat not beat but we got in trouble but anyway at the end of the day Troy told me he said just say God dog it instead of I said I can he said like in army movies they really cuss in the army they really cuss for real I'd be like yeah I'm, I'm not gonna do that he said just say substitute words I said like what he said like say shoot and then say um, dog it instead of and I was like. I can't do that, man. And and he's like, well, instead of like GD, just say, God dog it, like that. And I remember doing that. And, and then all of a sudden, I told myself I wouldn't. It was just on my brain. And that's when Mom called me in to the house and and said, you come inside right now. And I just kept saying, I can't come in right now. And I would just ignore her. And finally, she said, Timothy Paul Bachman. And I came to the carport, and she said, come in now. We are we are eating, and you come and sit down, wash your hands. And I said, I'm playing outside, God dog it. Like that. What did she do? And I did. Like, she literally took my – those kids were like uh, – when I said that, and I said, don't ever say that, kids. I said, that was horrible, but I did. And, 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 and Dad said, yep, he did that. Like that, in the back of the room. And I said – they said, what'd your mom do? I said, she grabbed my hand and in one motion drug me to that guest bathroom, you know, just past the, the little kitchen area on the left-hand side with that planter right beside it. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She never spoke. She just drug me in there, turned on the water. And back then, we didn't have a hand pump. So those big giant bars of like ivory, she stuck that thing in the water oh, no. and just crammed the whole thing in my mouth where I was like gagging, like choking. She said, I'll teach you that. You'll never, I'll wash your mouth out with soap. I'll wash those words right out. You won't talk that kind of dirty talk to me again. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Total abuse. All that to say, this podcast is sponsored by Red Clay Soap. <laughs> On that, on that note, I called Adrian Peterson to come and me. No. For when your child uses colorful language, yeah, red clay soap. soap. Never again did oh, I say. You never did. God dog it. <laughs> you said, I'm playing God yeah. dog it. That's exactly. No, literally. And she was like, it was over at that point. It's like one thing. That was it. Has the show started? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You see that little blinking light over there? Okay. This is it. We got that story in the can. Hey, so but we'll run it by you. Make sure it's okay. I really do like God dog it might name make a t-shirt one day. So. <laughs> but <laughs> that's going to I'm going to open a hot dog shop called God dog. <laughs> <laughs> but but mom and you know God rest her soul, but she would say dad gummit. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Dad yeah. gummit is a substitute oh, for Oh, she would say dad blame. Yeah. Dad yeah. blame yeah. and dad gummit. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. You should say dad. But blame. You couldn't do that. Oh no! Well, no the, it was the it was the God part that oh. 
sent it over the edge, the God okay. dog it. Yeah. So you should have just she's dropped like, it. She said, come in. I said, don't you know we're, we're, we're playing Army? Or, and she said, we're building. I said, we're building a fort. That's what I said. She said, I said, get inside. I said, we're building a fort. God dog it. <laughs> what if you had said, dad like, dog it? I don't know. As soon as, no, as, soon as I said it, and it, like, it, I knew. Yeah, it's like, I was like, immediately, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's like, and she didn't even <coughs> respond to my um, complete brokenness and, oh, and no. repentance. It was an immediate punishment. I so. think all kids at one point, I remember I said a cuss word. It was in Swahili, though, because we were in Tanzania at the time. You know, just testing the waters, just seeing, can I? And then I quickly found out, no, can't do that. So, <laughs> so I was like, that's not the kind of, uh, not the kind of child I'm going to be. Then uh, my parents taught me that real quick, but wow. I learned. Uh, so welcome to Church Stories. So happy. This podcast exists because you laugh the hardest. When you're not supposed to. When are you not supposed to laugh? Typically in church, you should not be laughing. Or when your mom tells you, when your mom snatches <laughs> you up and quashes your mouth, washes well, your mouth out with you, you probably weren't laughing at the time. Oh, no. No, I remember that was, uh, I, I mean, that's a vivid memory to this day. I can remember. So. It. Yeah, it was very, my eyes watered. It was just a terrible, horrible feeling of <laughs> I had been just completely beat down as a human. But she got her point across. I always heard people say. Not wrong. My mother loved me. I don't mean to come across like she was kind of crazy woman yeah she did yeah she loved yeah. Me. she wanted the best for me she didn't want me to say god dog it <laughs> <laughs> all right so our guest today on the show uh first of all my name is shama and uh i bought this shirt that i'm wearing in california this is a fun fact about me take it away pd oh and my name is pd and uh, i just want to talk about this um this synchronicity that i had oh while playing madden oh no um, synchronicity is is the word that uh, hippies use for coincidence, and I had just won the Super Bowl. Like this is what you work for in Madden, you know, like confetti confetti's coming down on all, all my players. You know, it's like all the hard work that you put in. It's like in that moment, it's all worth it. And uh, on my shuffle, a song came up called "The End of All Things," and it was at that moment that I knew Aaron Rodgers was retiring, <laughs> and he did. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right after that. Wow. Wait, in the game or? In the game. Oh, yeah. And okay. then he went to the Hall of Fame, and it's just a great moment, you know. I love so I when Peter talks about video games <laughs> like they're real life, because you can't tell where his real life begins and where the video game ends. It's all just one thing with you. That's how it should be. All right, back to church stories. <laughs> hey, we're going to ask you to lean into the microphone just a tad bit more, yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Tim. Absolutely. But, uh, we yeah. have a birthday boy. We have a, birth- we have a birthday boy in the house. Trying to fight off that scoliosis type thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, uh, uh, first of all, our guest for today, Mr. Tim Bachman, Mr. Scott Bachman. Mr. Scott is Petey's dad, and uh, Mr. Tim is uh, Petey's uncle. That is correct. You guys are notorious for, uh, sorry, you're well known. You were in the Bachman Brothers Band together. Um, you and also your brother, Drew. That was a thing. Uh, you both have served in churches and currently serve in church. Y'all have done everything in the church world and out of the church world from running cameras for WWE and Benny Hinn Crusades and <laughs> everything else and the mayor of Greenville. And uh, yeah, that's kind of like where you're on the show. Really and you're in to have you guys. two of my favorite episodes of the podcast. Oh, I'm yeah. sure people would be yeah. excited that you're back on. The I one know, about, I, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. The, our biggest claim to fame, as uh, far as I know, <laughs> is that we are the first guests that have been invited to return yeah. to church stores. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that, shoot. That is that's true. true. Yeah. yeah. So, Very yeah. nice. 
Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, we such, haven't had any return, return, repeat. Such an honor. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Because I, mean, I listen, I listen to every episode. I mean, I kind of have to as the executive <laughs> producer. The man whatever, upstairs. Whatever that means. But <laughs> I listen to every episode. I enjoy every. Sometimes I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, Some, most of the time I do. What do you um, not get sometimes? I laugh a lot. Um, I don't, some of the stuff about uh, about uh, the way content is created these days oh. <laughs> goes over my head. Yeah. See, okay, he and I, yeah, we were content creators back in the day. We were making yes. our cassettes and our eight tracks and our LPs. Yes, and our CDs and our eight by ten glossies to sell at our little record table. And you guys are doing your thing with podcasts and Instagram right. and music <laughs> videos on Facebook. We don't I'm, lift a finger. So it, we yeah. type and we make websites. That's still, it. It's still yeah. content. It's just a different kind of content. It's just delivered a different way. So, but yeah, I, I, I love the show. The only time you kind of make me angry is uh, I told Paul <laughs> David this: is like whenever y'all like imply that there was never any good Christian music ever made ever. <laughs> Then I just want to grab you up and say, "Listen here, Sonny boys. You know, back in my y'all just didn't know because you weren't around back then, and right, you didn't right. hear it. And Christian music is the worst genre ever at honoring its pioneers and preserving what happened in right. the past. It's like the shelf life of Christian music is like short. It's just gone. And so, yeah. so I can totally understand. I, I forgive you guys for that." <laughs> Um, the fact that that Paul That's David a show notes he's giving a show notes yeah. on the show yeah, live the, the fact that <laughs> the fact that PD does name drop Keith Green once yeah. in a while is enough to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so more Keith Green name drops in the show. Yeah. That's, that's and what I'm I just getting. found I had to find out by listening to the show upstairs on the couch in the living room that you're going to have a baby. Well, your wife's going to have yeah, a baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did, wow. Did I, did we not? I had to find out listening. Oh, shoot. I'm yeah. so, I told, I told Miss Sherry at, at, a, at the, we at, don't, we don't I talk. thought she talked. <laughs> so you, you found out, you found out listening to the moment where I found out. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm finding out right now. So <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Wait, wait. I appreciate it. So he found out <laughs> doing church stories. <laughs> I yeah. found out listening to church stories, yeah. and he just found out being on on church stories. Yeah, yeah referencing the time I, that I, yeah, I, okay, swear, I told your wife at, at the uh, at the goat farm at the jazz at the farm event. I thought she told you for some odd reason. I thought, yeah, but dude, uh, you and Miss Sherry had some type of communication. I, I I'm terribly sorry. I hate that you had to hear yeah. on the show. That's, that's awesome, though. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're excited. Yeah. Doing this is it. We're we are parents. <laughs> yeah. I have a joke, a, l- a little joke, but I don't know. I, I think it might be inappropriate, so I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll tell it to you in private. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, it's every time we tell people that we're pregnant, they always just look at their clocks. They look at their watches and like, whoa. And I'm like, hey, don't do the math. <laughs> don't do the math. Yeah, yeah it's, we've been married well, for like okay. a couple of months. Yes, yeah, it's told you're my, fine. My bit was. Dude, you're not supposed to consummate the marriage in the plane on the way to Italy. <laughs> hey, times have changed. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, we got us a honeymoon, baby. We're good. We should yeah. be good. But, yeah. yeah, we're excited. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, for, uh, let's back to what we were just talking about. Tim, 
It's your birthday. Oh, yes, it is. Absolutely. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. We got you a gift. What better way to celebrate than be on your podcast? You know, I can't think of a better way. And what better way to celebrate than with a collector's VHS copy of How the Grinch Stole Christmas wow. on VHS tape? Unbelievable. This That's is, a collector's edition. Yeah. That's probably worth um, like a ton of money on eBay. I, I don't know how to thank you enough for this. I feel like this is something that I will never, ever, ever wow. forget. I, I won't. <laughs> but, but that's not all. I wanted to give you something from Bryant Denny. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. This is, this is unreal right here. This is wow. like from... That's, yeah, it's an authentic Tua leg. Tua's family, I guess. His mom yeah. like makes these and sells them, I think. Wow. Or maybe... Seriously, they gave these out at Bryant Denny? Well, I bought it. Oh, yeah. man. Thank you, bro. Mm. Thank you. That's, this is like, for real? Yeah. You're not joking? No, I'm not. Oh, that, wow. That came that? from the Paul Bear Bryant Museum gift shop. Yes. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're cashing in on... on <laughs> yeah. Wow. You going to wear this every time you watch a game now? How's this going to work? They're cashing Very likely. In on <laughs> Very likely. Yeah, it'll probably become a part of the whole thing. Either that or I'll lay it on top of a helmet or something. <laughs> you know? For those of you who don't know, there's a shrine that's built in front of the television. He doesn't like the word shrine, does he? Oh, it did. does he? You don't like the I don't word mind shrine. that at all. Oh, you don't? No. Okay, okay. Actually... A, a small shrine is built <laughs> watched when Watched game Alabama by myself played. yesterday and made... And it, it, I put, you did? I'll set they're thinking I'm not going to do this and then I just did all of a sudden I realized I couldn't help it <laughs> put the whole thing up right here and I was the only you. person in front of the TV and then I felt a little awkward at first and I realized that it it had to be done that way okay. yeah. that's kind of my oh, thing and I did change shirts like at halftime because it was a close game really I'm a little weird that way you changed shirts at halftime oh yeah I felt like we needed to make a move when did you start doing this the shirt change yeah. for Alabama. If Alabama was behind or struggling, it's, a lot of people do that with their teams, but I've been doing it for probably about 10 years. I, I didn't do it when I was younger. When I was younger, I would always have to have on my Alabama like underwear, like boxers. Is that, can we, hello, is this my car? <laughs> that, 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 that was the thing. And I realized yesterday that I did not have on the Alabama boxers. Had a very difficult technology day. Um, wow. where I'm currently living and it was a struggle to even get the television to bring the game in let's just leave it at that and I found myself on a roof taking apart a digital HD antenna at 10 minutes until kickoff wow and um, so you ever heard of uh, Wild Wings you know, I thought about but that. But you can't set up the shrine at Wild Wings, can you? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, uh, conflict of interest. Be like, sir, can delicious you leave? wings. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you go to those kind of things by yourself, completely by yourself, it's almost like you look like a creeper. Coming out. <laughs> when you're like, yeah! yeah just cheering like, by yourself. You got a table for four you're by like, yourself. Is your, your wife coming or your family? You're like, just me. And how old are you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you sit you're over merged there? Out. <laughs> you're merged out. You're like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, I want a booth. <laughs> they say they want you to be that way as a fan, but when you walk in that way and you're by yourself, you get the really weird yeah, like, looks. Right, yeah. Wait, so have you done that? Do what now? Have you done that before? I have gone to places by myself before yeah, and watched a game, but only a couple times in my life have I done that. But I have. Yep, I have done that. But, yeah, so I did um, have the shrine. Uh, this will be added to the shrine if that's getting back to the original question. Yeah, yeah. It is originally um, from tied. the stadium, so now it's going to become a part of – 
that whole Your heart. thing. Everything, yeah. <laughs> it was everything from hats to helmets to cups to, to like Alabama Beanie Babies to all, you name it, it's there. And um, seat cushions, flags, banners. Um, and this one now, this is incredibly unique, man. Thank you. I don't have anything no, you're welcome. close. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, I brought Shama over to watch a game one time. So oh, I was just man. like, you have to see this. Like, it, it can't be explained, just no. experienced. <laughs> Like New Spring services. Sorry. I remember. Yeah. I, I think that was like, a slogan for the longest time. <laughs> it was. It was. I think we were down a touchdown or something, and then you started changing your shirt, and Sean was like, "Is he is he changing his shirt right now because yeah. of the score?" Yeah, man, it's an experience. I learned a lot that day <laughs> about the Bachman family mm. and about Alabama football. But uh, none of us went to school there. <laughs> I know. None of us. We're like, Did y'all ever live there? Y'all lived there, though, right? Uh, y- okay. Yeah. We were born and, like, and grew up there. And so it's kind of like in that state, basically, you declare an allegiance or an allegiance is declared for you when you are a, a very young child. And that's it. That's who you are. <laughs> right. That's yeah. who you are, whether you go to school there or <clears throat> not. So Yeah. And on the way here to your the studio to do the podcast, I literally passed a vehicle. This is originally. Is okay, you know, from no, that's fine. Yeah, Greenville, South Carolina, and I passed a car that had two Alabama flags flying, and happened to get maneuver my my vehicle to right beside that car <laughs> at a traffic light, of which there were only like the three between here and and where I came, and and so I rolled the window down. Yes, and and I have an Alabama cup that I keep in the cup holder, from you know, it's just a stadium cup, just an A on it, and I just picked it up and held it up because sometimes you never know how you know scott alabama fans are like oh, okay yeah like, that makes you almost angry you're like yeah, yeah no yeah. come on you got flags you got to say something like roll tide <laughs> but all of a sudden before i could do anything this lady this woman oh, no. goes roll tide and this voice of like almost like a man's voice yeah. i was like you know please don't hurt me <laughs> you know? i was like roll tide and she, and, and she goes she said some other things about other teams and and she said i'm sick of tigers she said i had to put up with that yesterday and we played auburn who had two names like alabama you know war eagle yeah. and tigers and and she said i'm sick of tigers and tiger paws roll tide and i was like and i, I was just, i was like immediately intimidated by her i could feel it and i was like yes i said roll tide ma'am she goes you know it baby roll tide i'm thinking like then she peeled off yeah and she just gunned it oh really flags flying there she goes and i was like well i'm proud that you are a fan but i'm also glad that we do not know each other really know each other that's like for them that's like a way of life though that's not even at that point it's not even fandom anymore that is just chest beating like wow yeah i like get out of my way chill roll tide like roll tide but she's like roll tide I'm like, you know, so anyway. Can we talk about Paul? <coughs> Paul from Salem? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Sure. So, let's yeah. set this up. <laughs> There's, PD, tell him, tell, tell, tell him, set it up. One thing bad about this is that this is not good. This has been kept, this should not happen. <laughs> really? This should be kept personal and private. I'm going to have to get you to hold this microphone. Okay, well, I'll just, I'll just behave. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm just going to quit wrestling with this. I've been trying to stay back so I could hide my... Um, go go squeeze. Yeah, my yogurt um, little. You ever heard apple of, cinnamon stuff? You so. ever heard of dinner? <laughs> okay. The truth is, the truth is, it'd been a long weekend. This is what the astronauts eat. <laughs> yeah. And I fell asleep, um, and all of a sudden I woke up, threw on hoodie and jacket, and came over here and grabbed that in the fridge and. This bottle of water is also down below. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted to hydrate, of course. Yeah. Okay. So bottle of water and 
yogurt and um i'm probably not going to touch either one because now we're we're we, rolling i felt like you rushed me in here <laughs> man <laughs> you know we got to keep the sort energy of Salem. take it take a little bit of that hit take a hit on that go-go <laughs> squeeze well well i just <laughs> mentioned i'm just going to mention this one thing uh yeah. shama and pd you guys hosted a live comedy evening yeah comedy at kava yes mm-hmm. a little while ago and i want to just nice. uh yeah yes. t- uh tim was there yeah. i was there and uh, a good time was had by all, and I thought it was a very successful evening. I want to give you guys it. props on that, and you got yes. another one coming up. I don't know if this will be heard before or after that. Maybe like a week before, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. or the week but, after, maybe. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, great, it. It's a great place. And my question, I asked PD this, and I'd like to ask you too. When you're there that night, in the moment, do you, do you get more enjoyment from watching the other comics and kind of living through them and like seeing them do well or do you watch the audience and do you get enjoyment from watching the response of the people that come or which was a lot of people standing room only man like how how do you guys experience that when you're when you're just kind of because you've invested so much time and effort and energy into it how is it fulfilling i think it's fulfilling to see a crowd that's, that's what I said, too. I said, it's fun watching people react to yeah. the, the people who are on stage. That's my favorite part. That is just like, yeah, that's just unparalleled because, I don't know, You go, we go to a lot of shows, and we, we used to go to a lot of shows where it's one of the, you know, there's great comics, but you, there's never a good crowd. So having a good crowd of people who are just there and yeah. they're paying attention and they're laughing and they're enjoying the show, yeah, yeah that's just, yeah, that's just awesome. Well, that was great. So, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, it was good, a ton of fun. Really, and everybody there was on your lineup was really talented. This next lineup is this killer. We got really cool. Mm-hmm. We got some really cool people. We got we somebody coming from Atlanta. Another guy from new venue yeah. or not? Oh, same venue. Same venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You better like do two shows. The young lady that was on the show recently. I'm this show. Uh, yeah, oh, Ari. Ari. Yeah, Ariel. Ariel. Yeah, Ari- Ariel okay. Robinson. We've already like. Caught, one of her uh, things that she would say during her set has become a catchphrase here in our house. <laughs> it's it, like we all it? go around saying, well, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> every time oh, there's man. some like argument, <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> oh, man, uh, get them facts straight. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. They were all really good, though, everybody. Y'all, but, of course, you guys did a great job as appreciate well. appreciate it. Of course you did. Thank you. Thank you. Nice, but I'm serious about the venue. Great place, great vibe, great. It, it totally fit the night, you know, what was on the docket. But where are you going to put the people? If that was the first oh. one. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So... It's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, As a promoter, we, I used to promote events back in the day. Which is insane, because we we never talked about that when you were on the show. Like, you did events that had, like, Skillet, right? The band, yes. The band Skillet uh-huh. and, like, a bunch of other big yeah. names uh, currently. A few. Yeah, P.O.D. is making a run again. I, in fact, um, they're, coming here. they're coming here in December. P.O.D. Yeah. was in the powerhouse room is what he, what he called it. So you ran a room called the powerhouse. It was... It was the youth ministry of, of our church of, Correct. that my dad pastored, and Tim Tim oversaw that whole thing and kind of turned it into a, sort of a – it became sort of a, a separate v- venue right. from the church. Because the youth ministry was called Powerhouse or Powerhouse. It just, you know, I didn't know. Power. But we called the, the club scene the Powerhouse Room okay. because I had been exposed – 
I did a, I studied like teen clubs and a lot of them are called the something room. Usually they weren't good things and good rooms. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that sounded really cool. And I actually um, went down to Miami, Florida for a weekend. Um, I was invited by a guy to go as a birthday present believe it or not, to go see a Dolphin game. I'm a big Dolphins fan. They still have a team, by the way. They don't <laughs> win much. but um, And, and um, he took me down there and bought tickets and surprised me. And so we went down, and I just said, well, if we're going to go down to Miami, I'm going to contact all the team clubs down there on South Beach or the streets next to it. I want to see what they're doing before we really try to do this thing in the powerhouse room big. Because Scott joked earlier, y'all were saying about Christian music, but – my whole mindset was I didn't want kids to come there and feel like they got second-rate anything. Now, let's be honest. We, we didn't have the budget and the ability at that time to do what everybody in Miami. That was the hottest club scene, eastern half of the U.S. I don't care what anybody said. It was the hottest club scene there was. You know, West Coast had their stuff, but Miami was it. Probably still is. And so we went down there, and I had – one thing we did have was really cool branding, and Scott was always a part of that. Do you know that side of him? He's an amazing guy. Yeah. Like, he can draw things like incredibly from cartoons to logos. What? Oh my gosh, yeah. He no, always has. What? Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I needed branding, <laughs> I would go, I, I went to a couple of companies, professionals, and they submitted things, and I liked them, but then I would almost inevitably always go back to what. I would say to him, without him knowing I'd already, you know, brought somebody in who would draw these, who submit these things, and if we picked one, we paid for it. Yeah. And we're talking, and I looked at him, I said, draw me a couple of logos for this, for this, for, and he would submit them, and I'd flip through the notebook that he submitted, like the three or four pages, and almost, and I would never tell people in our, in our staff who did what. This is from the, you know, the, the company, the Sounds ad agency, out, yeah. and this is from Scott. They didn't know, and almost always his stuff would be what we used. Um, it's crazy. And um, we had great branding, great logos, and uh, I, I could it made us look bigger than we were. So I would send those down to those people in Miami and say hi, and have my name on it. And said I'm I manage this club, and I said we're we're just getting started, and <laughs> I said and we need to see how it's done right by the best. And of course it just and I meant it. I wasn't being I was being truthful, but it fed their ego. Yeah. is what I found out real quick. And so when I got down to Miami, I had, like, they would remove the velvet rope, and I would walk. These people would be really? lined up around the block on South Beach, brother, and I would walk right in, and everybody thought that it was Dwayne Thompson. And Dwayne's a good guy who went with me. He was, like, my accountability partner because the elders of the church had to – they approved. I didn't just do this like right, loose right. cannon. Had to have covering. It's important. And we cut up a lot, but I believe in protocol, you know, and doing things right. And God dog it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in protocol, God dog it. Dog it. <laughs> so, and, but I did. And, they, and some of the guys were like, oh, we're not sure. Tell us more about what you're going to do down there. What's happening? Why? And all that. So, but they said, who's going to go with you? And I said, Dwayne. Everybody's like, we're good. Because <laughs> he's like the, the awesome guy and everything. And so how did you book these the talent? I was going to say, there, uh, back in the 90s, I'm t- there were bands, there were a couple of labels, yeah. especially Tooth and Nail Records and BEC, that had nationally known bands that were on the road all the time. Right. And they would just come. They would come for no guarantee. And Tim would work out a, a deal with them. And 
and that's how pod came that's how the the, the 77s and bride and the waiting and rick kua and not disciple was disciple, a, a cool story attached skillet. to the pod concert that they did uh, well, they got lost in Colombia. Is one of the times they came, they got lost um, and and went to another Christian venue that was like us in a warehouse in Colombia. And they and all of a sudden, we're like, I'm wondering where are they? And and finally, I got a phone call, and they said, you know, Pastor Tim, there's a phone call for you as a manager of POD. And he told me, he said, man, they're in Colombia. I'm so sorry, they got mixed up. They went the wrong way on the interstate. And I was like, oh man. And I was like, you can't, this can't be happening. There's too many kids here. And they're, we've been stretching and milking it and opening acts and everybody. And, and they said, hey, hey, they're on their way to you. But I'm just telling you, I understand if you call them off and, and you won't owe us anything. It's on us. And I said, how long can they, how far before they get here? So they got back to me and said they're like an hour or 45 minutes away or something, 30, 45. And I said, let's do it. And so I just went up and told the truth to the kids. And, and next thing I know, they are pulling in in that time frame. Really? And they crowd really? surfed their equipment to the stage. Shut up. Yeah, like the kids were like crowd surfing their drum kit, their amps, their guitars. Hype. And just it, it made it bigger than ever. Yeah. Wow. And Sonny, the lead singer for POD, his mother, that was when she was battling um, cancer, serious battle with, with her life in the balance. And... So he was very emotional on that tour. He had, they left L.A. and San Diego, California, you know, SoCal type, you know, world to go on the road to pay the bills and to fulfill their agreement with their label. And his heart was with his mother. And so wow. he, he gave a message. People don't know that those bands, most of those bands that would be the edgiest bands would preach the strongest gospel. And, wow. and he preached that night and told the story of sitting beside his mother's bed and kids that had probably never been in a, in a church in their life and probably may never would have gone to a church um, responded. It was just a cool night, man. But I remember yeah, they got lost, and it was a crazy night. And MXPX, the band Chevelle. I saw um, them at a metal festival a couple of years ago. Chevelle wow. or MXPX? Uh, Chevelle. There's a huge crowd for them. Well, they were the roadies for MXPX, and that was the other story that I think is still one of my favorite stories ever. And the drummer for MXPX looks at me and says, his, his name is Yuri, I believe. Wasn't it Yuri, Scott? I think it was Yuri. I think so. Yeah, and Mike Herrera, Yuri, and the bass player. But Yuri says, they had been before. So this is their second time, so they, they felt comfortable talking to me. And, and they were like, um, he's like, hey, uh, hey Tim, man. Um, can we have this uh, little band open up for us? Um, I said, we've already got an opening act. Yuri said, in time and everything. And, and Scott was, did a radio show in the market then, like, like a really successful on the, a secular rock station, the classic rock station in town. Uh, may still be around even now, I guess. Rock 101 is still around. Mm -hmm. And he had a, a, a show on there, and he would come and... Yes, Rock 101 is still around. <laughs> Because the secular music world honors its classic rock, <laughs> oh, unlike man. the Christian music world. But, oh, oh man. ouch. Feel that now. I mean, so, you're right. So he got tons of free products, and he, I'd bring him in to, to promote his – he'd get to promote his show, and he'd throw out tons. It was more for me. I got more out of it than him, but he was so gracious. He would just, he would, um, just give away tons of free product because he would get it shipped to him, singles or full – you know boxes of cd back then they gave away music like crazy remember mm, right. so all that to say i'm like scott's got to do his thing we got an opening band or two local bands and because i'd promote them local bands try to help them out 
so all of a sudden he said oh man okay and he was just the sweetest guy the nicest guy their drummer and I just felt totally bad and I said all right Oh, I guess that's fine. Oh, awesome, man. He said, I play drums for him. They don't even have a drummer. He said, so it's just two guitar players and a bass player. And um, I play drums for him. So I promise you, man, I'll keep it under control. He said, three songs? I said, three songs. I said, two. He said, three. I said, all right, three. And I took two steps, Shama, and PD away from him towards my office. And I spun and said, by the way, do they have a name? And he goes, they call themselves Chevelle. And they were the, like, roadies, the kids that set up all the equipment for MXPX. And I said, Chevelle? He said, that's what they go by, man. I said, cool, it'll be Chevelle. And I probably told you that, and you probably introduced them. Or, and, and they came out and did, like, three songs. Well, they've won Grammys, and, and no offense to MXPX, but they far exceeded MXPX oh my God. in this commercial market. And they're, they're an incredible band. And they were, like, skinny little 14, and 15, 16-year-old kids. What? Yeah, they just went on the summer run with MXPX because they were groupies and wanted they, to help set up. One other wow. Band story like that that is not connected specifically to the powerhouse room, but it was Tim and I. It, it was on, in fact, on the day that I met my now wife. Oh, okay, yeah. I yeah. met her that day, returning some CDs, returning some Petra CDs to his radio. She worked at his radio. She was the promotions director there, and she was up front filling in for somebody at the front desk. And I went and took the CDs and 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 uh so that night tim and i were at the time we were working on a christian rock video show to pitch to local tv stations like wspa and yff and it was called wavetable right and so we were putting together like two or three demo like you know episodes of that show and we wanted to go and tim got permission to go and interview some bands that were appearing at anderson university and the main one was third day third day was doing a show there that night and he was like i got i got permission if you can come bring a camera and everything i'm going to interview third day and probably the opening band all-star united and then we got there and they were like well there there's a there's actually an opening opening band there's going to be three bands tonight and the very first band i mean y'all can talk to them if you want to but they're just they're it's a three-piece you don't have to talk to them but yeah. it'd be nice if you would because they don't get a it's lot a, of attention it's a three-piece from san diego and they're here on their first tour and everything and um they're just some great kids and they'd love they'd, they would just love the attention it was switchfoot really yeah i was members and so somewhere there's it up hurry up i don't even real bands really i don't know where it is that's worth a lot of money yeah somewhere there's video footage of you interviewing john foreman and chad butler and the other guy whoever from switchfoot yeah when you interviewed him like for real yeah 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 they were just they were so nice man this is so nice this was 1998 so and Skillet did, when they came to the Powerhouse Room, they actually, on that particular tour's record that they made after that tour, they had a hidden track on the actual CD. Back then, it was a different you know, way of doing it, but they had what was called a, a hidden video track on, it was like a VCD. Yeah. And when you got to the last track of audio, you could, if you put it in your computer, it would go to that, and it was highlights video hotlights with audio from the tour. Is it and a CD-ROM? Ooh. I don't know, but it might have been. Um, I used to make VCDs all the time. You take a CD-ROM, burn videos on it, but yep. it was a, like, an, like a, some 
app or like program called Nero where you could do that. That's right. I remember that. That's right. And yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. That's crazy. Those words, Nero, just that's yeah. a, that's a total flashback. <laughs> you remember that, right? Yes. And so they they put a song or two from the powerhouse room and if i would ever see john the lead singer from skillet whenever they come to this market i don't go every time i'm not that guy that calls every time to say, hey remember me but i have done it a couple times <laughs> but whenever he sees cashing me, in those good favors yeah he, he's, he's too proud to beg yeah that's right <laughs> that's right here he sees me he'll always be like and i'm not kidding i mean this is something that i'll always um be grateful for now you can't get me talking about this now brother because i I, I get emotional about about how much I love the Lord, how much Jesus means to me, that he gave everything in his life that I could live. And I can't, I'm overwhelmed by that kind of love. And that God, Father God, gave his greatest gift to give me a chance, you know, that I mess up all the time. A little awkwardly serious now, but, uh, so, but, but the other things I get emotional yeah. about, laugh if you will, is... I can get emotional about some memories of Alabama football, Coach Bryant. When he said, when you said a minute ago, the Bryant, Bear Bryant Museum, that this came from in there, I kind of made eye contact with your shirt, and I fought back the tears. I got emotional for a millisecond. That is not a joke. You are mocking me at this moment. <laughs> no, I, I'm laughing because I, I love it. I love I it. I felt it because I, I mean, aren't, don't you get that way when people talk about the University of Tanzania? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the soccer. <laughs> oh, All man. the soccer. Because like I went back memory-wise immediately to being in the Bear Bryant Museum and seeing his his desk and his office and hearing his voice and and then the other things though the powerhouse room can can do that to me. It didn't do that ever until like I guess I'm getting older because there's a young man that I attend an awesome church here in the Upstate and and um, and he started coming. Jo Joanne Joseph mm -hmm. Joanne and he came to me recently again and said I don't tell you this enough and he said but um, today I just you know I'm involved in the worship ministry and he said I, I, he was at a rehearsal a worship team get together thing and just doing, running some new songs and he said um, hey man it's good to see you tonight and said you too man I love you Joe and he said love you too you know he always called me Pastor Tim because back in that day he was like a little kid that came to the shows and he said I don't tell you this enough but those shows and and, and, I, and this is so dramatic man and it's so silly, silly sounding and if he's watching or listening to this I don't mean it towards him but to hear this is just like but he said um, the powerhouse room saved my life wow and I was like wow man I'm thinking like okay you know a little dramatic but then the Lord said he's, he's serious and I said man that, he said you need to understand what that means and I, and I just said to him thank you but there are so many kids. We reached the disenfranchised part of society at that time. And just one last thing. I didn't know we were going to talk about the powerhouse room. But one last thing. that You know how the powerhouse room really, truly started? Was when the city of one of our I don't, I don't I hate being negative man about anything so I don't even like telling stories about things that are negative because I'm sure it's a fine community and I know it is but one of our let me do it I have no problem <laughs> one of our one of our um, you know like not Greenville but like there's Greer Malden Simpsonville Taylor yeah, yeah. one of those um, had a front page article about finding kids for skateboarding um, in an abandoned shopping center. They find their parents and said, you know, it's becoming a problem and that the city of, wow. you know, is taking a stand. And, and I saw that article. I used to get the paper um, when it was a real paper. I used to get the paper. <laughs> the paper. And, and I went to um, 
straight to my dad's office who was the pastor of the church and I just put the um, the paper on his desk slid it on his desk and I said that is what we've got to do something about and wow. he said what are you talking about and I said read that and he, I sat down let him read it and I said I said I, all I can tell you is that God made it like glow off the page and told me that that's an open door to change lives and I said let's I don't even know how to do it and the next thing I know my, we have a younger brother named Drew and he had a guy that made his hats and t-shirts and toboggans and he did it out of the back of a skateboard shop wow. in Greenville you know what I mean? See how, and, yeah. and next thing I know, Drew's introducing me to him. His name's Brian Johnson. Um, and Brian said, well, we do a Bible study for skaters, um, but we've been kicked out of almost every church we've ever started with because they said we got too big and the kids were unruly. And I said, that's the ones we want. Right. So next thing I know, we're doing the skateboard thing. And it opened the door to shows. And we had skateboard demos, literally with people like Birdhouse, with Bob Burnquist, with Tony Hawk came through a spot but that was back again it was not really pop culture yeah oh yeah yeah we we i've got a signed board that that tony broke at our dem at a demo we co-sponsored here in greenville um with blazer okay so but you that, know was, that was in the 90s though still like did you know did y'all both know that y'all were involved in something that was so or were you just caught up were you, did you did you know how aware that were you aware of how big and how monumental something like that was or were you just kind of like oh he does logos and we put on the events and he, bands come through and we have a great time was it just like there's a, no way I, I i didn't know what it was going to be you know uh, i've traveled since then in, in in the same field as my brother scott andrew and in, in television work and sports tv work and have seen people in other states that used to travel here that wow recognized me and heard my voice and then said did you used to do a thing you know with a, a, a bunch of concerts and events because we partnered later on with people bigger than us like Clayton King and Crossroads Worldwide their ministries and they were doing things on college campuses and because they knew we had it was good for them for them to hook up with us and good for us to hook up with them and and the funniest thing too the guy that does all the big shows now and all the arenas Gary we can leave his na last name off but he wouldn't care he's an amazing guy he owns he's the co-owner of one of the largest winter jam yeah promotional events companies yeah. in the wow. world and he used to come and he and I are still great friends today love love him and he, he's my brother and he would he would come and say hey what you got going this week and if I tell him the band snap I'm not going to have anybody that's going to be in that room that night that might be good for my shows. But if there's even a chance, he would come and 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 just stand at the door and hand out flyers as every person left because his his organization was was in the grassroots the infantile stage right. and and then they they are now like a I don't even want to know how much God has blessed. I, it's just great how big they are. But I mean, there are arena tours and cruises and all that. But um, and uh, so yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy how you hook up with those kind of people. But it's like every so many people now doing anything. Okay, first of all, doing something, you're already lapping everybody who's not doing anything because there are so many people in this industry, whether music, comedy, whatever, the entertainment industry in, in general, bands, where people are just there's a lot of talk. So stepping out, first of all, and 
hey, I have a thing, you're already ahead of the game. You're in like the top 1% of, of everyone accomplishing something. Yeah, if I ever get pitched anything, I just assume it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Which you have to just because we have all the means and there's all the opportunity and the space and the time, but people just don't have the like the ability or the, the care to take a thing to the next level. So to to be a part of something, you know, and then for it to be as successful as it was, People write books about stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like you, you could have turned around and, and said how to lead youth in night, you know, in the to Jesus, and right. you're you go on the speaking circuit. You know what I mean? Like there are there, you could have leveraged something like that. I don't even think you guys realized. You're like, hey, we're in Greenville. Our church lets us do this thing. We have a room. Pod's there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just kind of right. like kind of passing through. But right. no, I think that's so cool. But. I think the people, and, and I think that kind of boils back to um, people who are really in it for the heart of ministry and who just love people right. could care less about how big it gets. You know what I mean? A lot of times. The too, numbers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of times you can, you don't realize until you look back and you can see like, wow, God was like directing that or ordering that. You know, it's like you don't realize it at the time. Because you think you're just living life and just responding to whatever happens and whatever comes through. Like, and by the way, um, I'm having to hold this mic. <laughs> it's starting to get heavy. So as the executive producer, maybe I should throw you guys some bones and <laughs> buy another mic stand. Um, also, we didn't get afford it. We didn't. Budgeted a fourth cast. Also, I I have been missing the royalty checks for that melodica um, little opening melodic. Yeah. So anyway, oh, oh, yeah, oh, I, I'm not. You played the. I uh, never did get paid for the theme music. So. Neither have we. <laughs> um, but catch the next episode that opens without it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, when I was a kid, I wanted to be. I wanted to do TV and radio. When I was a kid, I would stack albums on a on a record changer and play the first song and then drop the next album and play the first song and drop the next one and play the first song and pretend like I was talking in between I would pretend like wow. I was on the radio that's wow. that's how I entertained myself in my room and that's what I wanted to do so seriously we came off the road here dad accepted a position at a large church where and see, we were on the road during the time that we would have gone to college and right. I wanted to go to evangel now Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri and major in broadcasting because they had, or they were one of the only Christian colleges in our denomination that had a radio station on the campus. And wow. so they offered a degree in broadcasting and I knew that from Campus Life magazine. Yep. But that was not in the cards for us due to finances and the timing and everything. So we, we come off the road, we, 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 uh, dad takes a position at a church here just so happens that the senior pastor of that church owned a TV station and gave Tim and, and myself jobs, running camera, audio, editing, at the TV lighting, station. set design. Did y'all know how to do any of this? The TV station where you were a guest on Nightline. Yeah, right, <laughs> Channel 16, yeah. yeah. We sat up in our living room, we're like, look at Shava. <laughs> Shava's on Christian TV. <laughs> That's my demo. <laughs> so, and the guy kept mispronouncing your name all night. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> but Sean, anyway, Sean's yeah, cool guy though. We worked there. That was the that's great. first jobs we did ever had. Did y'all know anything about 
TV. I mean, I know, I knew no. you knew like production and audio and running all that. And we mixing. just learned right. on the fly, you know. Correct. It was one of those situations where it was who you knew, not what you knew. Really. Right. So while I was working there, another camera girl. Can I say camera girl? That's not camera woman. Uh, a female camera operator. If, if, if you're wrong, we'll know. <laughs> a female. We'll find out. A female camera operator. Uh, her family moved down here from Chicago, and her dad bought a radio station in Greer and turned it into a Christian rock station. Wow. Yep. And she said, why don't you go ask my dad for a job? I'd never been on the radio. I went and interviewed, and he said, okay. And he gave me a daily air shift, a daily three-hour air really? shift. Yeah. Really? And so I got to have fun doing that, learning and doing it at a, at a small AM station okay. in Greer. So then, <laughs> yep. then when they changed formats, I went to his radio. <clears throat> and got hired part-time at his radio. That was a rocky time. I can go into some of the details later. Um, I was always, I was saying, I was usually saying things that I shouldn't say on the air and playing songs that I wasn't supposed to play and I was always <laughs> getting in trouble. And I finally ended up quitting because they told me I had to either cut my hair or quit. And so I was like, I'm not cutting my hair. So anyway. Really? So, yeah. That's so, what it boiled down to. So I left. <laughs> After oh, two damn. years, I left his radio. Two years later, I came home from work one day, and there was a message on my answering machine from Scooter Leslie, local legend at, at Rock 101. He said, hey, this is Scooter. Listen, uh, we're thinking about starting a Christian rock show. Only two problems. We don't have none of that kind of music, and we don't know nothing about it. So if you're interested, come talk to Lee Rogers, the program director, which I did, and he said, okay, st you can start this coming Sunday. And so I, for the next 15 years, I had a two-hour show of Christian music yep. on Rock 101 every it's either Saturday night or Sunday morning, depending on they, – they moved it back and forth a couple of times, where I produced and hosted the show, and everything that happened on that show was completely up to me. Yep. He had a podcast before we did. Golly. And, and I'll, I'll look back, and, and all of it was like – you know, when I look back, it was like God just putting mm -hmm. me in the right place yeah. and kind of connecting the dots. I didn't fit at his radio – but I fit what I wanted to do fit at Rock 101, and oh man, I I I got a call one time from a guy. I used to get crazy calls from people in the middle of the night, but one guy <laughs> he goes, uh, he didn't realize it, it was the Christian show. He goes, I said, uh, Rock 101, can I help you? Woo! <laughs> Rock 101. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. I was like, hey, what's up? Can I help you? <laughs> man, me and my girlfriend, we down here in Six Mile, South Carolina. <laughs> and we're sitting on the front porch naked. <laughs> and we are not going to go in the house until you play Freebird. <laughs> I started to say, probably call for Freebird. Wait, so this is a Christian show and this is live? On the air? No. Oh, 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 oh yeah. <laughs> no. I, no I, I, there was music playing on the air. I was just talking to him. I, uh, I, are you like vetting the call before you put him on the air? Yeah, because I would get people would call with requests yeah. or uh. for giveaways. And, <laughs> and so I just told him, I was like, I said, I'll see what I can do, man. You know. And he's still there. 
to this day <laughs> naked on his porch. <laughs> They weren't so, going in until he played Freebird. sitting on the porch <laughs> naked. Ah, everything. You, that is, if you've been through Six Mile in the upstate, you know, you're like, yeah, that, that would happen. Two other things real oh, quick. Uh, when I first went in to interview for the job at Rock 101, the program director said, uh, you know, we, we – he listened to some air check tapes from his radio he goes hey we you know we like what you do and everything and uh and uh, i think this this will work out good he's uh, only one thing i'm going to ask you not to do is don't take prayer requests and don't pray on the air because this station is actually owned by a bunch of jewish businessmen and they would get upset if you started praying on the air and i was like you know what that is totally cool i had no plans to pray for anybody on the air that's totally fine so but what i would do sometimes is i would take Back then, again, and y'all don't, y'all probably don't know, uh, but there were so many live albums back then of Christian rock bands, and and there would be like prayers on the albums, wow. like where they would do like an yeah. altar call at the end of the album and stuff. I had probably six or seven of those, and so I would just take those and use them as a little drop, and I would drop them in between songs. Oh man! As a way of getting that, that done. Yeah. Wow! And that way, I didn't have to say anything. I was like, "Hey, it wasn't me. That was yeah. just you know." And that yeah. was Glenn Kaiser from Resurrection Band saying that. That wasn't me, you know. So, yeah. Anyway. That's crazy. That, that whole thing you talk about, the Scott, very eloquently surmised as how God positions in places I back when I was younger I used to say it was just a perfect storm it was just everything lined up at the right time and I, I knew what God was capable of doing and, and knew his presence in my life but it, it was like you said Scott everything that happened there and with the powerhouse room like I just thought of Shannon Brown. I have no idea where he is this, this day and time. He was a promoter, but he was a student. Before he was a promoter, he was a student at North Greenville College before it became university. And he came to a couple of powerhouse room shows and told me, he said, I'm going to start promoting shows part-time for a company out of Nashville, but I'm going to move to Nashville. I'm going to do this full-time, and, and I just want to get to know you and spend some time with you and, and ask, pick your brain and help me, and I just invested in his life, and he never forgot that, and to say that, meaning when he, he did what he said, he ended up with an agency in Nashville, wow. and so he would always just call me and say, I'm going to put a bug in your ear. These people are coming through Greenville on these dates. Um, you want them or not? He said, I'll protect it for you or whatever. It's just relationships. You know what I mean? And and um, we were able to get people, so many bands that were of good report from the West Coast, East, like because every band could, could book a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even potentially a Wednesday youth event. We did our shows on Mondays, Tuesdays, and sometimes Thursdays. We stayed away from, we didn't compete with high school football. We didn't compete with right. other church meetings. And so those those tours, though they were successful, they paid their own bills. Those were travel days. Right. So to get a show, and we did, to talk in promotion terms, we did straight splits. You guys understand that because your shows, you promote your own shows a lot of times. Or you're on dockets with people that promote their own shows. Yeah. So we, I would say, here's the deal. 
and they'd say, what kind of split? And I'd say, 80-20. I said, you know, because our church didn't care about making a dime. A lot of churches had this mindset, we've got to make money off this event. Our dad and the elders at the church, they didn't care about making anything as long as people heard the gospel. So we basically just said 80-20. You get 80, we get 20. As long as we're not losing money, we're good. We never lost money, ever. I, I just can tell you right now, the mathematics sometimes didn't make any sense. We connected with local restaurants that would be caterers for us at a crazy cut rate price so that we had people ordering off menus and they felt they would always say, your food's better than half the tour food. And it was just, um, but I'd be totally making a huge mistake not to say this last thing about the powerhouse room, you know, if, if we don't continue that topic. And that is that. It was the volunteer staff that made it work. And I'm gonna sound like a football coach now, where it's all the assistants or or like a court like like to a you know, Tonga Vailoa saying it's my teammates when he's asked about him throwing five touchdown passes in a game and running for one. I just I have my offensive line to think y'all you know, well the truth is, um, there was an army of like eighteen to twenty, sometimes twenty five people that would volunteer to help us run those events. They didn't get paid. They weren't on staff. They had jobs during the week. And and they just were, they were the people that just bought in. And without them, it would have never happened. But we literally, I used to say, we just did what God said to do. I literally would get away and pray. I'd book a hotel room sometimes to get away from interruptions and just take my Bible and a pad and just say, God, okay, we've had a good year, year but what now? And and whatever he said do, we we would do it and just hold on and watch him work and and i'm just thankful that and no offense i love people in nursing homes or in people in you know um daycares but i'm glad he let me do the powerhouse room you know i would have if he said i want you to go run a daycare then i would have done it with all my might i had no idea where you were about to go no offense to people in nursing homes I, I would go and do nursing home ministry. Is what I'm saying, you know, if God told me to, but He He told me to do the powerhouse room. I don't think room. nursing anybody in a nursing home can uh, nursing home can uh, can uh, crowd surf uh, <laughs> equipment, a drum set on stage, all right. right, or to the front of like the cafeteria. You see, we took a little acoustic though, set from the church community. A lot of times, we're talking about church things, and yeah. some churches loved us, and some hate, literally hated us. There was one thing that happened one time, and you might not remember because you you weren't there. You you had it was a rare time that you had to be somewhere. Because because Scott, what you said would happen did happen. Um, I wish I could say, and maybe one day we'll come back and do a serious, really serious podcast about decisions and choices. But maybe this isn't the right format for that. If y'all do something hey, else one day, listen, but, but um, we the, take them as they come. But the deal is. There was that window of time when I was literally across the country being booked to speak and to state pastors, Southern Baptist State Convention, a couple of them, where they really? brought me in to say, we don't, we're losing a generation. It's just the pastors. We don't want this to be getting out to our people necessarily yet until we decide if we want to even try it. But what are you doing? Because they would hear about what was happening wow. in Greenville. Uh, wow! And the church, the church in Spartanburg now that is a Jensen Franklin. Yeah, yeah, free uh, chapel. Yeah, they they totally like kept trying to hire Tim to go and be their youth pastor, and my dad would really? say, "Nope, 
Not going to happen. No. Oh, yeah. And I got well, phone they, calls from churches stuck in New York, um, Long Island, um, churches across the country. But because they, they are like, what are you doing? One church that called from New York said, how many of y'all are running? How many of you running in your youth ministry? And I was like, well, why are you asking me that? And, and he said, because you've been recommended. We're, our youth pastor is going to the mission field full time. No negative reason for leaving. And I said, well, let me ask you, how many kids you got in your youth group? We're running about 350 kids every, every Wednesday night. I said, during the middle of the week in New York, you're running 350. And because of how I was wired back then, yeah. to me, I thought they were badly underachieving. Really? Oh, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, you're in New York. We're running 350 kids at our shows, 300 kids at our shows, average, usually 250 to 300 in a room that was, wasn't rated. And the fire marshal shut us down one time. That was the best thing that ever happened. That <laughs> really? got out and kids were like, yeah, almost like that. Like later spirit. on or like, um, like after the show or like big. And they shut us down and had to come back and do all. And, but the word gets out like in these we underground were, crowds. We were yeah. shut down. Yeah. Yeah. We were shut man. down by the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the next show we had it was like, we're going to show the man. We're going to double the crowd. We'll make him show. You know, oh, we had to turn away kids the next time we opened the door. But the, the church in New York said, the pastor said to me, we know we should be running 500 and we're running 350. Can you help us? And I wanted to take that one. And me and my dad talked about that recently because I pulled up pictures of that church and showed it to him. They're still a very you successful. You went there? Nope. I even said no to the flight. He said, let us give your wife and you a vacation on us. Come spend a week with us here. Oh, my god! And I said, Pastor, I... I believe in being a financially accountable and, and doing what's right to the local church, which now I wish I'd never done that. <laughs> no, no. I wish I'd taken my free trip oh, to New York. But, um, but I, no. but, so I never even went. But I called my dad, and dad's like, on that one, he said, what do you feel like God's telling you? And I said, I started like crying on the phone. He thought I was going to say, he told me to leave. I said, he told me, no, I've got to stay in Green. I'm supposed to stay here. And I said, so there must be something else left to do. But like Scott was saying, you know, like you intimated about, we did do, I did get to break away and do that. And so I was probably gone. I don't know what you're about to tell. Yeah. So you weren't there and one of the bands got up and uh, said a bunch of stuff between songs oh, that yeah. was like not good. Oh yeah. And caused a big brouhaha. Yeah. And define um, brouhaha. It's kind of like a hoo-ha. It's kind of <laughs> like a, it's like a, it caused a big, uh, Anyway, um, so your your second in command, uh, Bobby, had to get up and sort of handle that that night, and and basically he gave a disclaimer that what's said from the stage isn't necessarily what we agree with or what we believe here at Living Praise Worship Center, and we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Do you remember what? Oh, I remember, but I don't remember what it was. I thought you were going to talk about. Was it? 90 pound wuss or somebody like that yeah they, they it was that night i do remember I don't that even know. 90 pound yeah. wuss is that that's a band that, that was, was a, a christian band yeah, a signed yeah. band and um one bad pig, <laughs> one bad pig and 90 pound wuss were they trying to outdo each other with the most ludicrous <laughs> names and dude they were crazy some of those bands would do yeah. that next up was 90 pound pig Right, and Man. I thought you were going to say the time that, that one we had we had injuries, you know, and that made us more popular. Our kids, we had back then they had like sanctioned mosh pits, you know, and so we had a pit where a kid broke his nose and Ooh. a kid broke his arm. We had those two injuries happened, and there's blood everywhere one time, and 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 that's because of that. But 
I thought it was going to be. There was blood everywhere, he says. Yeah, <laughs> the one where that kid got pulled behind his car. Other kid, um, the, the kid was on a skateboard because we did a lot of things with skateboarding shows. And, and the kid was holding on to a rope. And the other kid was in the back of a pickup truck holding the rope, and they pulled him across our parking lot when it had just gotten paved. Ooh. But what he didn't take into account was that he told the guy to go faster, faster, faster. When he did, it it did not end well. And I mean, he didn't get hurt, like injured for life, but he had a lot of that. What do you call that where a kid gets skinned up on the, ter- on the road? Um, road, road rash. rash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was terrible, and he hit his head, and he was just talking crazy talk. Like, <laughs> like he had a concussion? Oh, complete concussion. I didn't know what a concussion was back then. Like now, everybody says concussion is like on the tip of everybody's tongue. Oh, I tripped. Concussion. You know? <laughs> so this kid had one bad. And see, the funny thing is the parents would drop them off like in brand new bins and BMWs like like Jags because we were we were on the edge of a very upscale community and neighborhood back then. Still is considered to be nice. But back then, that neighborhood where our club was close to was high-end like houses and, and these people would started using us. Word got out. We had we'd have deputy sheriffs sit in the parking lot because they love what we did and they would come and sit there and we'd have to even pay them. The guys would say, hey, you know, I'm just here because I believe in what you guys are doing and I'll just keep my car parked so in case anything gets crazy because we did have some things. With that kind of ministry comes yeah. things. It's, what I used to always say is you got to get your hands dirty. Right. And um, shoot, it's, uh, those stories would be crazy. Like pulling kids out from underneath the building in their underwear uh, about to just get after it. And I was... <laughs> <all, laughs> Not so, under my church, God yeah. dog it, God dog it, get out. <laughs> so Kevin Butler, who's now a state trooper, called me in, on the radio. Pastor Tim, I need you outside. And I was like, Kevin, he said, I need you now. And I walked out. He said, I need you to open that door and do whatever. You, I'm, I'm not an authority. And I was like, What are you talking about? He said, There's people underneath there. I said, People underneath. Well, hello. You know, and wow. um, they were they were still closed wow. to a degree. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. And so I was like, um, Okay. Uh, young lady, you're going to come out first, and, and I took off my jacket, and I said, here, put this on and get your clothes, and I'm going to have one of my female staff members take you to the bathroom in, in this building beside us so nobody could see her. It was dark, and, and um, I said, we're going to call your mom, and they just go, oh, please don't, you know. So that's when I began to realize that people were dropping their kids off, and we became like a babysitting service for some of those wealthy people. Yeah. And the kid that had an accident, one of the kids that got hurt, his mother was very wealthy and she pulled up in a i mean a brand new mercedes which is mercedes is just a car man right. and nowadays every car is nice but back then it wasn't always so she pulled up in a brand new benz and yeah, really and, and i thought yeah and she's just like is he all right and i was like yes ma'am she goes good get your blankety blank in the car you, you should have been doing that anyway i thought she's going to like threaten us with a lawsuit and i said man we have a, a comprehensive insurance policy. i don't need that she said maybe it knocked some sense into his head she said he's he's been trouble since today me and his daddy broke up and all that and now all that is kind of funny but it was that's that's when i began to realize too a whole another side of what we did was kids that just here it is bottom line they needed somewhere to belong right and that's 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 been true since the beginning of time man. still is still yeah. is so that's that's what the powerhouse became for them too but you see how everything married up like what scott did was like literally you just can't make that stuff up man the radio thing the tv thing the the club thing the promotional thing i learned how I to think, promote events and i think this stuff is so i, I watch every well majority of 
music uh, documentaries that I can get my hands on on Netflix or Amazon or whatever. And back then, you really had to be dedicated to work in music, to produce music, right. to work in radio or TV, because it was so extensive. There was so much gear and time and prep and editing consisted of you be in the studio editing and all those. Now, I'll take a show like this, and me and PD will sit next to each other on a couch, and I'll just edit it, and I'll be like, all right, it's on YouTube, it's on SoundCloud, all right, check it out, let me know if you have any problems, I'll just fix it, I don't know, in, like on, in my kitchen or something, and then we're gone, and that's, and that's that, but back then, like hearing stories of like you getting hired to work at a radio station, I'm like, that's insane, right. you know what I mean? It's hard, it's really competitive now, and it's easier to do, but it's still competitive, but it's just... I mean, back, I don't know. I don't know. It's the, just The technology just has advanced to, like, put it in our house. Yeah. But know. even then, yeah. though, I mean, even then, While to still I, do it, though, yeah. it's, it's just a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. And when I first started doing the show was called Rock of Ages. You know? Boy. Um, <laughs> but when I first started doing that, you know, it was only heard over the... The reach, it was a 100,000-watt FM radio station. So it was only heard by the people that lived within the sound of that station. But while I was doing it is is basically when the Internet wow. came along. And then all of a sudden there for a while we were being we – were, we were on the web. And it dawned on me this can now be heard potentially by anybody in the world. Wow. Oh my gosh! But and then you guys, for, for you guys, it's like we don't even know anything else. That's your mind. We don't know. Yeah. We don't yeah. know local right. at all. Right. With your with your fans from Singapore, <laughs> in Sweden. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know. That stuff. Like hearing stuff. It's just. I don't know. I, I am. I, I, I think we're so spoiled right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Correct. We're spoiled and people aren't doing anything. That Correct. was a great morning you know what I mean? wreck when I said like, okay, so I, it was on the, I think I've talked about this before, but the Instagram analytics told me that I had a bunch of fans in Singapore and I was like, that's not real. So then I said, I made us like some video about it. Like, no, this isn't real. Like Instagram's tripping. And then I get a bunch of messages from people in Singapore no. the next day. Like, no, we're here. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Actually, you know what? I know you enjoyed it. How could you not love listening to Tim and my dad? Uh, so anyways, thanks for listening. And this has been the outro. And you've been awesome. Uh, tune in for part two next week. Hey, if you like this, please share it with your friends. And if you have a funny church story, send it to us and it might make the show. Email us, churchstoriespod at gmail.com. Or DM us at Deuteronomemes on Instagram. Or tweet us at churchstories. And leave us a review on iTunes. Every little bit helps. You make the difference. Be the change you want to see in the world. Stop wishing, start doing. Is that enough encouragement? Yeah, that's enough. All right. All right.